Philip, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I went to an anarchist university. I had to drop out, though. There were no classes. <laughs> oh, I was like, where is this going? I can't. That honestly, in retrospect, it's uh, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed in myself that I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> but still good. Still, uh, still got me. So. I, I have to enjoy that in my in my journey to find this one. Um, I, I I went to Reddit uh, and I was looking up anarchist puns, uh, and I found a Reddit thread of what's your favorite anarchist joke. And then, because Reddit has to bump you some type of you know ad in order for them to make money, I get I get need working capital. We can help. Apply now at www.getworkingcapital.net. Oh man, someone's uh, AdSense is really off right there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on to the topic. <clears throat> so we are continuing our discussion about. Uh, oh, I'm Tom. This is Philip. This is Raisem Left. I don't think we introduced the last episode, and I almost oh, didn't introduce. We got too this eager. Episode. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> uh, we got too spicy about uh, parental leave too quick. And we're about to get there again. Um, this is so, a professional production, y'all. We are, uh, you know, long term, long time podcasters with, you know, <laughs> lots of lots of experience, and uh, no no mis no production mistakes here. Okay, professionalism is a myth. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's also true. <laughs> uh, so last episode we talked about what is maternity leave, what is paternity leave, what is the state of paternity leave and maternity leave in the un United States on a federal level, and what's the state of it on the state level. We ended giving a horrible story about the current governor of Missouri. Well, not current, former governor of Missouri. <laughs> um, so now let's, uh, oh, well, actually... Before we get there, the last element that I didn't mention about Missouri was that 31% of uh, Missouri workers, uh, only 31% are offered any form of paid parental leave. So that's great. <laughs> Just 31% have any form of paid parental leave. I was kind of surprised about that because, I mean, like, it, it sort of was a, a little bit of a spotlight on my own like personal privilege in that like as a software developer every job that i've had that wasn't like either like some easy college job or like you know like retail minimum wage type stuff has had some amount of paid parental leave as part of its benefits package um so like my individual perception was that like okay yeah like obviously like wage labor sucks and they don't give them any kind of benefits uh and like college jobs are what they are. They're just, you know, to get some, to, to add a little extra income to your, you know, living off of your student loans, which is its own can of worms. But I didn't realize that the percentage of this was so low because every employer that I've worked for um, offers it. Um, but, you know, software developers are not the, you know, the group of workers that are, um, currently struggling the most under capitalism i'll say <laughs> yeah and i mean i think an element of, this is a very that you bring up a very important framework and thing i think to 
dive through and discuss for a lot of folks. For even myself, even though I grew up within this framework, it's still something that is very easy to move past and forget. And yeah, we kind of, we start to build this framework of what is normal and what is average based on our experience. Um, and one of the things that I like to remind folks is that, well, a lot of the, first of all, a lot of the jobs we think of as high school, think of as college jobs are not generally performed by high school or college kids. You know, in a college town, a lot of times they are like all of the fast food restaurants around a university in a college town are usually performed by college students. But as soon as you leave college towns, that's not the case anymore. Um, you know, one of the things that I specifically like to remind folks is to actually go around the streets in your neighborhood and just notice how many retail and fast food establishments there are. Think about the number of people that have to work in each one. When you look at like every McDonald's and you think about the fact that every single shift is going to have to have, you know, 15 to 20 people maybe on shift. Uh, that's a little bit of a high estimate. I'm thinking of some bigger McDonald's as I worked on one right off the interstate, but still like, you know, you're, there's. 30 or 40 people on staff at that one restaurant. Okay, there's four restaurants on that corner, six more down the street, another six more on the other side of the street, four more on the next corner, and this is a town of only a thousand people. Like, how many people are working in these McDonald's? Or, I mean, in these restaurants? And then, and now we're going to look at the retail that is in all of these strip malls. Um... And then, and then from there you get into call centers. And so like really the, the vast, like the vast majority of our workforce is very carefully out of view of a lot of professional class people. And I, I count myself into this now. Like I, this is one of those things I have to like aggressively kind of remind myself of sometimes It's like, you know, the kind of a, where I came from thing, the thing that made me angry in the beginning, um, because it's very actively intentionally kind of, you know, slipped uh, outside of our view. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of people can get like really mad easily when uh, people start talking about how like fast food workers deserve $15 an hour. And they'll be like, well, these are just high school kids. They're just working while they're in high school. Yet not realizing that like specifically, like I'll hear this from really old people who in my experience working in McDonald's, like McDonald's in the morning is full of people over 60 and they will all sit there and complain about it's just high school kids that work at McDonald's and these kids can't get my order right but it's Tuesday at 10 a.m. who do they think is working yeah and this is just like a, it, a, a new word that I can't stop using even when I'm using it wrong this is a whole dialectic that exists that is really hard to work through um, and is really persistent. Like I said, it works its way into some of my frame of thinking. Um, you know, I still like, I, I, it's a thing that like, I go back to fast food restaurants and like, don't recognize staff there or do recognize staff there either or, and be like, ah, oh, man, you know, like we, we did this job when I was in high school and you're still here. Well, no, it's not just a high school kid job. It is a job that traps people and also actively preys on people to make them stay in them. But I'm running away from the topic of this podcast, but I'm just saying <laughs> you're very valid in recognizing that. And yeah, it's like hidden labor is all around us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I think when we ended the last one, it was kind of mostly going over, you know, what the current state of everything was and uh, the, the, 
too long didn't watch didn't listen of that is uh it sucks it's real bad uh uh basically only lucky people that are you know in the sort of like professional uh class of people uh are lucky enough to have even the uh minutest crumb of of paid leave uh and if you are the lucky uh, you know slightly barely over half uh of of other working families uh you might qualify for uh unpaid leave which is basically worthless uh i suppose it's it is in in some arguable way better than than nothing but not by much uh and we talked a lot about that but this episode we're focusing on um the sort of future thinking of where to go from here what do other countries have that we can look at as a model what is the recommendations from the medical uh, profession on like what people should have in an ideal world and then importantly what can you do to advocate for fight for uh, organize for uh to help with this particular issue so tommy what do other countries have not as much as we often think they do so this is something that i think again all of us kind of fall into this like hegemonic kind of a thought and presumption of like, God, I wish I lived anywhere, everywhere other than the U.S. gets wonderful, like, maternity and paternity leave. Um, and they do, as a general rule, every other, most other countries do have way better leave than us, but it's not perfect by a long shot. So I, it's one of these things that, like, like with most things, I kind of, you know, like, it's, it's smart to look at what other people are doing and kind of come up with your own idea based off of that, but I'm definitely not an advocate of, like, copy and paste what everyone else is doing. Oh sure, yeah. It always has to be in the cultural and 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 historical context of your, you know, actual country. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, and and especially like as an anar as some blend of anarchist, I there's a lot of what other countries do that I have problems with because they're states exerting power over people, and I don't like it. Um, but 120 or more than 120 other countries have a form of paid parental leave. Usually, almost entirely in what I was finding in research, that's for women. Uh, it's almost exclusively maternity leave. Very little paternity leave that you find around the globe. It's really a rarity. It often comes with a, lots of, a lot of really onerous uh, exemptions and complicated rules. I was uh, stumbling into a lot of, you know, I was finding like countries where you're allowed... Um, X number of pregnancies within your lifetime. Uh, you're allowed, you know, certain amount of uh, uh, leave per year. You're allowed uh, like, like limitations that would be put on you. Like basically, if you miscarried, you would be in some way punished through, oh. uh, you know, parental leave stuff. Um, you know, just a lot of things that I don't like <laughs> um, and a lot of times seeing it coupled with again with sick leave uh, it would be yeah no you have any form of illness in your family you have this leave which of course also like in a problem with this when we talk about even with FMLA is you know this is like with FMLA it's often leave that it uh, you know if your kids go through a thing so if your kids have a major one of your kids has a major medical ailment that year and you have a baby that year you can't do both um, 
I'm just you see that tied together yeah, look, a lot just, of them. when you're planning out your kids sicknesses make sure not to put them in the same year that you have a baby <laughs> a thing that you also can 100% of the time always plan for it never happens um because uh without you wanting it to because uh we have complete and full access to birth control at all times so um that i don't see why that's unreasonable uh, unless any of the things i said weren't true in which case oh my god yeah yeah like and i mean it explicitly like one of the things that really bugged me is i ran into it a couple of times is number of maternity leaves you can take within a lifetime which was usually three to two two to three i guess in the correct way of framing that um which is just you to me like that gets real you know it's one of these things that like as somebody who i so i studied in china for a long time and you know one of the things going to china i heard a lot of you know bad mouthing of china before i went and when i came back especially from people talking about the one child rule like one child policy in china which i definitely did not agree with but at the same time, a lot of people disagreed with it in like a way stronger tone than they should have seen as how they don't live in China. Like, you know, it's a, another country and let it do its thing. And explicitly from a very Western centric tone, uh, it was, a, you know, they're weaponizing it as a like Ugh, Eastern countries do weird things like this and finding a lot of Western countries saying, well, you can only take two maternity leaves in your lifetime. And I'm like, well, that's real close to a two child policy. Like, if you cannot take a maternity leave, like, if you are legally, like, no, you are not allowed to take a leave for a pregnancy, that's real close to a two-child policy. Yeah, but it has an important exception into it, along with most other laws, which is that uh, if you have lots of money, it doesn't apply to you. So, cool. Exactly. It's it's, and, it's it's what I I've I heard it once and it's stuck in my brain ever since. It's that if uh, the penalty or the thing that you need to get around a law is a fine or a cost, it's not a crime for rich people. Yeah, and I think that's you know I think it's worthwhile getting into that as like a thing of you know when we talked at the end of last episode. Well, nobody opposes this. Why would anybody oppose this? And I I you know I think. Again, that kind of comes from a bubbled worldview, maybe. I, you know, I live within a bubbled worldview of generally poor and working class people. Um, more professional, growing number of professional class people as I enter that sphere. Very few managerial class people or uh, uh, corporate class people or, you know, owning class people. Like I just don't rub shoulders with them. And those are the people making these rules, and it is very understandable, not not allowable, not ethical, not moral, not acceptable, but understandable to see them have the view that maternity leave prevents parents of low, lesser means from having children, so it's like um, the lack of maternity leave prevents parents of lesser means from having children. So a lack of maternity leave being a good thing. Uh, this is a yeah. thing you see really common in American culture. Uh, you know, I mean like the movie, um, idiocracy. idiocracy. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> These are the people that go around being like, you know, idiocracy is a documentary. Like that's what society, that's the real society's problem. It's like, Hey, cool. I'm glad you found eugenics under a different name and that you're for it. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that, that, that's that going on. I a hundred percent believe that that's a thing being discussed, uh, among those folks, uh, just by reason of what, you know, their own, uh, what benefits them. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, that's frustrating. And I think that's an element of all of this. But fuck what those people think. What do medical professionals think? What do doctors yeah. think? Because <laughs> um, this is something that is, again, you know, like, oh boy, do doctors have some strong opinions on this for obvious reasons. So we see a 51% reduction of rehospitalization among women uh, who have paid leave after birth. This very explicitly um, explains and uh, predicts why we see such higher birth mortality rates among black women and uh, other women of color. Uh, as you know, when we look at, you know, uh, uh, the wealth inequalities, uh, racial wealth inequalities in America. And importantly, um, I want to emphasize paid leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, paid leave. <laughs> is, and, and this was something that they did look at this with unpaid leave and paid leave. Um, and they did not, like, it, you don't see the improvement with unpaid leave for obvious reasons. Um, but you do see the improvement with paid leave. And I think I get into that. I think there's another country here where they shift to from unpaid leave to paid leave. Um, the first country I have where I discuss this is Norway. Uh, so Norway went from 12 weeks paid leave to 16 weeks paid leave, which from massively more than us to even more massively more than us. Uh, they found findings among uh, post uh, uh, postpartum, right? Partum, post yeah. yeah, postpartum women of uh, better blood pressure levels, better pain levels and uh, more full returns to physical fitness. So in other words, they recovered better, um, which in, in this, this one was important to me because when I'm, you know, when you're thinking about like the recovery from a major life event, from a you know, major tra trauma, right? Physical trauma, you're recovering from physical trauma and you're measuring, that's four weeks, right? 13, 14, yeah, you're measuring a four week difference 12 weeks out and we're sitting here saying whoa 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 12 weeks out no 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 you need six of those half of that it, it it's just it, it's just, and, the, and the improvements continue four weeks out yeah yeah like it to uh, four me, weeks it, out of 12 yeah into 16 yeah yeah it shows it illustrates the absolute absurdity of american maternity leave like if you well, because of course like <laughs> You like you like you said last episode. It's a major abdominal surgery if you have a C-section, and even if you don't, like it's usually not without some degree of injury or a, at the very minimum, if you have a very comfortable pregnancy and a very comfortable delivery process, stressful on the body, to understate it, right? Like, what do people tell you when you have a major medical procedure done and you're done with it, and now you need to go home and recover they say get lots of rest make sure it's always in the advice no matter what procedure no matter what it is it's always contains get lots of rest good luck with an infant in your house zero percent chance of happening mm -hmm. and now we're like i can't believe it takes people 16 weeks to 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 like recover that's insane and you're like yeah because they had a major medical procedure and then they weren't able to get any rest because there's a thing screaming at them all the time 
give them some time. And then, Nature's not gonna not gonna change. You're not gonna get babies to stop crying. So we need to give them the time. And and then capitalism is just like, well, we just need to stop doing all that then. And then you wonder why the you fucking want birth rate people drops. to exist. <laughs> <laughs> then you wonder why the birth rate drops. Why aren't these kids in in at work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then additionally so that's physical you know improvements well we also see rates of depression significantly greater among people who return to work less than two months after giving birth so that yeah, is that one hits hard for me <laughs> yeah like... that that was uh i i did that and then that was around the time that i got diagnosed for it uh uh although you know i later learned that it was uh probably a mix of that and adhd uh so you know it's complicated in my case but you know not surprising. I I feel that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see way higher rates of postpartum depression in countries without full maternity leave, with less than eight weeks of maternity leave. Um, we have multiple, multiple. You know, as I I, I talked about this last uh, last podcast, I have an episode that I'm writing for us to do in the future, actually talking about skin to skin contact, the importance of skin to skin contact, the importance of men engaging with skin to skin contact with babies. Um, there is just a plethora, a mountain of medical evidence showing that skin to skin contact is absolutely necessary for the health of newborns. Um, for the um, mental health and the recovery of parents, um, it's just good and better. And it's one of those things that like, and I want to be very clear here, it's not something that medical science just now discovered. Like, this is a thing that people, you know, women and people who raise children have generally known across human history but medical science and people in charge of telling people other things have ignored them. Like, that's a whole thing that I'm going to get into real deep in some future episodes when it comes to child care. There's a lot of people who have known a lot about child care, and the greater patriarchal milieu has actively ignored them and actively called them child abusers and actively marginalized them. Yeah, there's a lot of attention that's in the history of science. There's a lot of attention that's been paid to um, the debunked and uh, garbage science that made up like a lot of the like, racial science stuff that was going on. Um, I think people walk away with that with the impression that like, oh, okay, science is pretty good. And like, don't get me wrong, epistemologically, I'm a big fan of science. Okay, so like, don't come at me. I'm not anti-science or whatever. But like the institution of science right has had a couple has had some real black marks uh and the people hear the racial one and i think they get the impression that it's like this is the big black mark on science but like mostly it's been good and no this like the institution of science has always been a vehicle by which the in power class exerts its will and influence even back before capitalism like the churches were dictating what kinds of science and scientific progress could be you know put out and what what kind of were funding certain things and that had continued like it of course you know like you say they took medical science forever to catch up of course it did because like 
the people who are paying for the science because science isn't free are not gonna hear hey you should uh profit less and uh you know give uh people more care and time and freedom uh they're going to say, hey, go back and do that experiment again and give me a different result. <laughs> yeah. And so where we're at now in science is that we see multiple medical studies that show an increase in bonding and activity, health, all of that, but for the newborn and parents. And we see children of parents who remain home for more than two months show greater cognitive development and higher functioning at younger ages. Almost every single milestone and marker, cognitive marker, developmental marker is hit more accurately, more consistently, and um, at a higher degree if the parents stay home longer than two months. And we're not even measuring anything more than two months. We are using, in America, we're using eight weeks as like the holy shit this person got a lot of maternity leave and now i want to rewind and talk about how norway said well what if we looked at 16 weeks and said holy shit we found a lot of improvement from 16 weeks or to 16 weeks from 12 weeks literally twice the amount that <laughs> that the u.s is like oh man that would be like so much maternity leave like you basically be swimming in it <laughs> i mean this is very much like as if you, if in America, when you broke your leg, you were expected to go to work like two days later. And so, then, you know, America. Yes. And then doctors were like, hey, we we saw in America that if you go to work four days after you break your leg, it'll be quite a bit more healed. And if a doctor on the other side of the world was like, yeah, bro, if you if you spend six weeks off that leg, it's going to be completely healed. And American doctors were just like, I mean, come on, four days was a lot. You expect yeah. us to go more than that. And now, and I'm not throwing. <laughs> Who's going to pay for that? <laughs> and I'm not throwing doctors under the bus here. Well, to some degree, I am because, again, as we just talked about, like the structure of science in America, like there is something very valuable to talk about here. Where, when you're looking at the medical advice coming out of the United States, it is very much flavored by the hegemonic view of what is possible. Right. So doc, people aren't going to do research on something that is an impossible like, OK, well, what if we gave people five years of maternity leave? Like nobody's going to do that study globally. Nobody's going to do that study because that doesn't seem hegemonically possible. Right. Um, so that's the first problem. And then the second problem is, as you pointed out, the cap, like all of this exists within a system of capitalism. Um, and medical insurance companies have a huge hand in medical research and just nobody's going to fund studies that show, hey, capitalism's doing a bad one. We need to do better. <laughs> so all of this is flavored by that. I'm not throwing doctors under the bus, but I am throwing the system of a lot of medical science in the U.S. has definitely deserved some criticism here. When we're looking at other countries studying this and they're looking at massive time spans longer than we are and we're seeing advancement and we're not even looking at the frames they are, that's a problem to me. So what do, what do we do about all this, right? Oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Hold on. Before we go any further, <laughs> actually, I forgot a bit of my notes. Uh, increases in paid maternity leave show a significant de decrease in post-neonatal infant and child mortality rates. So we've talked about the health of the parents. We've talked about the development of the parents. Let's just talk about the baby surviving. Uh, so if... 
parents get more maternity leave, the babies have a way higher chance of a significant, I shouldn't say a way higher, a significantly higher chance in uh, survival. Now, you know, there is a difference there between way higher and significant. Significant just means that it has a p-value of not p.05. Yeah, God, it's been 95% likely to be, yeah. Yes. Too long since I took stats classes. But uh, drops in these rates were demonstrated in that after the passage of FMLA in 1993, but only among college-educated, married, cis, straight women. So what I'm saying here is they looked at these rates in women before the passage of FMLA in 1993, and then after. And afterwards, they saw an increase, or sorry, a decrease in neonatal infant and child mortality rates. So less babies die after the passage of FMLA if their mothers are college-educated, married, cis, and straight. Which, you know, pretty much goes along with what we were saying last time, which is that, like, like what's the group of people that are going to be able to take advantage of FMLA in the first place? It's people that can afford to take unpaid leave which is gonna be that group of people because <laughs> yes. uh, if they're married and straight right they're married to a man in the majority of cases probably you know uh also a college educate like just statistically college educated people tend to marry each other they often meet in college like um so like this is not terribly surprising from just the economic side of things. Yeah. And so the last note here is that the American Academy of Pediatrics has publicly called for Congress to pass legislation requiring 12 weeks of paid leave for both parents, which isn't bad. Like, that's pretty cool. That's good. That's what the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends, which is kind of where we've ended at at this episode. Like, of man, if you were going to talk about a base minimum, that 12 weeks seems pretty good. Yeah. And so what, is, that's that's American doctors, you know. Yeah. Like this is not uh not a bunch of uh you know crazy liberal you know leftists in Europe or whatever. This is like the most well-respected pediatric institution in the United States. So, yeah, made up of people whose Futures rely on the fact of them being shareholders because they probably have IRA Roth plans and that's how they're going to retire because there are no pensions in the medical industry. Um, who golf and hang out with business owners and people in the owning class. Their best, like their, what they landed on is what a lot of people would call radical socialism. Yeah. Um, so speaking of radical socialism... <laughs> Yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Speaking of <laughs> radical socialism. Uh... Yeah, so there's, I mean, obviously, um, there, there's the general, like, get involved, but, like, you know, let's be more specific, right? Um, there are often uh, organizations locally that you can join uh, that will be campaigning for laws uh, about parental leave, uh, often among other things, depending on the scope of the organization. So, definitely look for local organizations in your area to get involved with um these grassroots organizations um are generally just like a 
uh, I mean, I'm biased because I started one, but like, <laughs> I think that they're generally a blast to be in. Uh, and uh, often I've found that like uh, some of the greatest people that I've met, I've met through um, getting involved with uh, local organizations that are doing grassroots efforts to campaign for changes. So definitely do that. Um, obviously, in a more direct sense, if you are working somewhere, and uh, statistically you are, uh, then, uh, and your place is not unionized, and again, statistically it isn't, uh, unionize it. Uh, obviously, you're not going to do that in a week or, uh, well, maybe you did if you left a comment. But, if you do, uh, please tell us. Please tell us your, that would be your amazing. wizard secrets. Yeah, I want to know what spell you cast, what deal you made with a, with a demon. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, research, learn. Uh, there's some great uh, books and uh, resources out there. Uh, to learn how to organize. Uh, currently, uh, our labor reading group in Red Dirt Collective is in the middle of reading uh, No Shortcuts, Organizing for Power um, by Jane McElvey. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it's a great book, uh, fantastic of like good practical advice uh, on how to, um, along with some historical existing examples um, to do. So, uh, on how to do that in an effective way. So, um, you know, st start talking to employees. You think you might be surprised how many of them have shared complaints about the way that things are run uh, and probably have shared complaints about parental leave and how they don't have any. And uh, so uh, you could join a union and in, if you succeeded that uh, and get your union and get to negotiate, you can negotiate for uh, good parental leave. You probably won't get uh, 12 weeks, but you might get, you know, four to six if you're if you're good at your negotiation. So um, you can always do that. Yeah, and discuss parental leave openly and freely with with those coworkers, obviously, as you just said, but also with just everybody else. Like, just talk about this shit. Like, you know, this is very much like like not talking about your wages. Uh, not talking you know, the general American milieu of like, oh, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about, you know, at the dinner table, we don't talk about politics, religion, or whatever the other one is. Do, do do that thing. Talk about it. Politics are what directly relate to us in our day-to-day -day lives. Politics involves the things that actively uh, engage within the systems of power around us. And it, it's all of this stuff. It is maternity leave. Whether or not you're able to spend zero time with your newborn child or 12 weeks of time with your newborn child, that is politics. Talk about it with other people. Get fiery with other people. Have these discussions. Have these conversations. Pull other people into it with you. Get annoyed about a thing as a group. Get some catharsis off of it. Talk about it. Don't have judgment over, and you know, don't judge people when you know, when you you know because like a part of this too is the social element of when you start talking about wanting parental leave, wanting paternal leave, wanting maternity leave. There's this kind of thing of like, oh, you just want time off, you just want to not be at work. Anybody who has had a child knows that that shit is not time off of work. <laughs> it is a whole <laughs> other work that you are doing. Um, yeah, I've so... never felt less ready to go back to work after two <laughs> weeks of time off. Uh, in my 
parental leave. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Death. honestly, you know, like, just throw that away for a second. Yeah, I want time off of work. Work sucks. Fuck work. Like, like obviously, like, we got to do some amount of work as a people, tyranny of nature and all that. But, like, come on. Like, don't, don't, like, seriously look at me. Like, anyone who says that to you, look at them and be like, tell me right now that you don't want more time off work. And if they say that they that they don't, that they actually don't want more, they wish they could go to work more, like, either uh, call them a liar, tell them to get therapy, or ask them how the boot tastes. <laughs> yes. And lastly, listen to women on this subject. We sound maybe, hopefully, kind of like we're real smart and educated on these two episodes, but we're not. Like, I had to do so much research I have learned so many things during my wife's pregnancy. Um, I don't know shit. Listen to women on this subject. I, you know, I, I had some hesitancy in wanting to talk about a lot of this kind of stuff, but because like, well, I don't know, maybe I'm not the right person to talk about, you know, these elements, but it, 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 if it gets you to go out there and listen to women talk about this, if I'm able to hopefully get some of speaking to men if i'm able to get some of y'all to actually engage with these things that you maybe think don't directly uh relate to you then cool that's why i'm fucking here and that's why i want to talk to you that's why i want you to listen like go listen to women on these subjects go learn what pregnancy is like as best you can um, yeah the real version because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not the romantic version that you see in movies yeah but we've almost ran out of time with you so now that we've told you to go listen to somebody else, where could they still listen to us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, if you liked this episode uh, and you want to see more like it, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, leave a comment, and hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell so that you don't miss any future episodes. Um, if you want, if you really like this episode or really like this podcast and want to support it so that we can keep making more episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash raise them left. Uh, and if you just want to see what we're up to and engage with us in between episodes, you can find us on social media. We have a Facebook page and we're working on getting a uh, TikTok and some other things up. So uh, be looking for that in the future. 